Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. Black boys. Black boys. So, girl, do you even like working out? I do. I love... No, seriously. <laughs> so, I've been running since I was in, like, high school. So, um, even though I take regular breaks from it... <laughs> And my body genuinely enjoys it. Like, when the calves um, and the thighs are, like, engaged, I get really happy. But only that. I don't do the weightlifting shit. I'm not there yet. I was like, yeah, I used to run and try. I used to run and I used to hate that shit. But Why? My long-ass legs love it. Bitch, I just was tired of doing all that running. I used to just hate that I was just running. I feel like I was, like, running from somebody. Like, a slave. I was a slave bitch and I was running from, like... You know, it makes me think I'm running towards freedom. So, I was running away from this master. But anyways, what is up, everybody? It is your boy, Lord Devry. And I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to That Black Boy Joy Podcast. Woo! Where we keep, we also give you the facts, hunty. <laughs> so what is new with you, Devin? What's some music that you're listening to? What are some new shows? What's yeah. new, new, new? I've been so fucking busy, so I haven't really gotten into anything new, um, too much at least. I've been listening to, um, continue listening to Adam Ness. Yes, Sagittarius. You know who I've been I, listening to a lot lately? Who? Denise Williams. Don't know Denise. She's like from like the 80s. Um, she's got a song called Let's Hear It For The Let's Hear It For The Boy. Oh, I've heard of that song. Yeah. I, I didn't know she was. She's got a song called Free. And my whole thing for the last week has been like engaging freedom. Mm-hmm. And sort of figuring out what that means to me now. So I've been listening to that every day. That and Destiny's Child Free. Woo! You know, on Destiny Fulfilled. Go, oh, girl. You are. You listening to it. The, the throwbacks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've, I've been, I've been do, not doing a lot, but I've been watching a lot. I, I watch a lot of shows, which is a running gag with my friends. I watch approximately like 2,373 shows on <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, whatever I can get. Not even on that. Um, so I currently am watching, I just started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer again. Really? From the beginning. Did you watch Charmed? Yes, okay. I watched Charmed and I didn't finish it. Um, I'm watching the new Charmed. Good, it's um, good. I just added Black Lady Sketch Show, which is hilarious to me. I thought so too. The yes. girls disagree. Girls, do, yeah, the girls do disagree, which is like it is what it is. I like the new one they just did with Two Two Seven, the reboot. Bitch, I saw that clip on fucking Twitter and I can't. I said, Robin, come on, be a jackass. I loved it. <laughs> so yes, I've been watching the, those shows. I also am watching this new. Well, I'm gonna say that for the end when I'm like done talking. But then I've been playing video games again, girl. I've been getting back into my video games. I am. A You're a gamer. gamer. A, gay- a gamer. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I've been uh, playing Resident Evil the remake to a uh, Resident Evil two the remake again, um, which is very fun to me. The, uh, God of War. I've been playing my um, Persona Five. I'm girl. I'm into these girl. I'm into these games. You looking at me like what the fuck is yeah, all that? Yeah, because when I actually decide to pick up any sort of console <laughs> device, the only games I'm playing are fucking Sims, Grand Theft Auto, I love the San Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> And fucking, I don't know, some Harry Potter shit. Oh, girl. But no, and then my the show that I'm really, really excited about watching is David Makes a Man mm-hmm. on OWN. Comes on Wednesdays. Um, the executive producer is uh, Michael B. Jordan. And the writer of the show is um, Terrell Alvin McCraney, which is good because he actually wrote... Um, he wrote the original play for uh, Moonlight. Yeah. So, you know, Under the Moonlight, Boys Are Blue... Black, what is it? How do you say Black Boys. Black, Black Boys Look Blue. And he also um, was, I think he wrote for the play Choir Boy. So I'm really excited about this show. 
that just came on on. It is basically about a young man's journey through boyhood. Um, and the visuals are amazing. Like it's like a they are. it's like a movie. They really are. I that's something I think that was the first like good thing I had to yes. say about it. I like the like the message behind the vulnerability. I didn't know when I was in a dream or when I wasn't in a dream. I just like that representation that we had. Like it was just very like you know what? I understood that that whole concept, like how the cinematography helped tell the yeah. story and Moonlight. Yeah. I think, and I don't know if it was because I was delirious when I was watching this, but I think I was just like confused for a while, which yeah. shocked me because um, I'm not usually confused. I like it a lot. I like the relationship um, that he has yeah, yeah. with Siren. Uh, the boy? The other yeah. boy? Yeah, yeah, Siren, yeah. I like that. Um in the skies, the the male father figured out pretty early. He yep. wasn't there. Yep, I did too. Spoilers. These are all spoilers, but y'all gonna watch the show. Oh yeah, my bad. Up. Shit, it is what it is. Um, I I like Felicia Rashad. Yeah, as a teacher, that that's you know <laughs> she brings a lot to that show. Yeah, um, and I'm really really eager to see how he transforms in her classroom. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm looking forward to seeing is the development of the relationship with his mom. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people were, like, really touched by that by that one moment he has with her. When he, like, when it's, like, him hugging her, but yeah. then it's him not even hugging her. I, I don't know if it needed to be longer for me or... Yeah. The it, show it was, like, four days, like an hour. Not the episode, oh, that the moment. moment. I didn't connect to it. Okay. And I can relate, but I yeah. didn't connect. Again, I was tired. Yeah, you so. was delirious, girl. You're going to have to watch it full... I'm gonna think I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah. I'm interested on how the series goes because I didn't. Ex- so when I'm watching, it's very cinematic. So it doesn't give I, me a I series. I love that. Right. It didn't give me like a series thought. You know, it didn't give me a, like a series mo- like movement until I started to watch the show and I was like, oh, how? Did, where is this going to go? Yeah. Because I'm curious. I don't know if I don't know because I I watch Moonlight and I watch Choir Boy and um actually Terrell Mc- Terrell Ivan McCraney he's gay. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to see if he puts that little in the window, like in the window, because he has a. There's also a, a character. Thanks for bringing it up, right? Bro. The character on there that's like the mother figure, but my know. probably my most um, exciting moment while watching it because, <laughs> unfortunately, not unfortunately, I kept sitting there like, "Where's the gay shit?" Yeah, I was just waiting for the gay shit to pop up, and I was just putting it in places and was like, "Oh, well, ah, you're just forcing it." I was literally like, "Oh, this must be the moment," but it didn't happen, and that's fine. Um. But I, I guess at this point in my life, I'm really only interested in knowing that there's yeah. gay shit somewhere. What I do love about the cinematography, though, is that um, it has this thing. You see it a lot in um, Queen Sugar, where they're playing around. Yes. And I think in Euphoria, too, yes, they where do. they play around with camera angles. It's like traditional. Lighting, yes. Yeah. If you are not, I think at this point in where we are in art, if you as a, a creator of any sort of production are not playing around with lights and with your camera angles, um, then are you really doing the art, right? Like, is this an art for you? Are you sort of just coming in and and producing something? Mm -hmm. Because there's so much to be said about taking those different perspectives. And I'm thinking these perspectives are coming from people who are not traditional storytellers. And when I say traditional, I mean white male. Yeah, come on. No, you know that there was a gay character in in the show. Yes, there was a. Um, I think it was a. I don't want to say a drag queen, but like yeah, I love. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> I Miss, was like uh, Fisher. Was it Miss something? Don't I don't know. I am so sorry. Yeah, names, honey. But like, I was loved like, her. The when she when he backed up yep, from her, and she, and she pulled him back. Yes, in. girl, don't be afraid. I really appreciated that moment yes. because we all knew why he was doing why he yeah. was backing up because he was hesitant. But it was weird to me because she's been babysitting him, right? So what? 
Why? Why are you backing up? <laughs> I don't know. That's how. That's what the series is going on. I'm excited oh. to see the development of his relationships <clears throat> with the people in the hood as well. Yeah, especially that one moment. Um, I think that's where I wanted the gay shit to be happening. Yeah, I know it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Who was forcing it? Where is the gay? I'm sorry. I just no. I like, we all I look for ourselves in production. So I was that. like. We're, um, the dark, the, the connection between the, other um, the two dark skin people yeah. and the show, um, and where he says, I keep reaching out. I know that there's some subtext behind there, and right. I don't know if it's strictly based on, on skin color or if there was an experience that they had, um, because the line, pussy will do whatever, like, will have you caught up or some shit. Mm-hmm. That was, that was poignant, but I don't exactly get why. Yeah, I don't either. And I think, in my mind, really trying to create a a, 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 story, <laughs> a story, I was like, it's a nigga, the yeah. gay, but it ain't happening. So, no, I'm excited for the show. So, it's um, David Makes a Man. It is on OWN on Wednesdays. Uh, check your local, local listings. I think every black boy or somebody just in the journey or just wanting to inquire about us. Yeah, you can watch this shit for free on her website. Oh, yes. Didn't you send me the link? That's I sent him the it. link. It and is streaming online, girl. So, the girls who don't have cable, you can definitely go to... A bitch like me. I don't have cable either. So <laughs> I'll be streaming yes. everything, honey. So, I'm super excited about that. So, now we're going to go into our black boy joy spotlight. Black- Joy. Hey. <laughs> I talk about that black boy joy. So today's black boy joy spotlight is um if you are in the theater or Broadway scene, you would definitely know what I'm talking She's about. So Haha. So this is um a young man by the name of Roman Wellington Banks. That name just sounds so like it's royal. The Banks part. Oh, it's you know what? It's the Wellington. Wellington. It's the Wellington. Call me Wellington. <laughs> he is um in so he's basically he was a um understudy. For um, Evan Hansen in the hit Broadway show musical, Dear Evan, Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. If you have not heard the music, it is phenomenal. Beyonce raved about it. I loved it. So he was the understudy for Evan Hansen and Connor and Jared in the show. If you don't know who these people are, look them up. But he finally got his chance to be Evan Hansen on the stage in Broadway. Feeling. And it was very liberating That's to me to see that because the show was white. Yeah, um, just being honest just and transparent. Name, you can tell it yeah, is. and basically the show is about a young man who befriends a um, guy that is suicidal, and he um, had creates these letters um, with with him, and um, everybody you know clings to him because he's best friends with the guy, and then there's like a whole it's just a lot that goes on with the show, but it's about suicide, it's about grieving, it's about sorrow, and it's, it's about um, requiem. So it's all about that stuff. I wanted to win lottery tickets. I had been submitting for a week straight at work. I really thought I was going to win them shits um, mm-hmm. for lottery tickets for that show mm-hmm. at the Kennedy Center because um, they were doing them for $25. And I was really going to truck up to the Kennedy Center by my damn self and see it, but I didn't win. Yeah. So let's speak into existence that I get to see it this year. Girl, we're going to see it because they're, they're I think they're on tour. They're okay, actually on good. tour now. And yeah. I'm excited because I did not know that for the Broadway junkies like me, girl, I'm in all everything. I love everything. I did not know that they um, do like pre-Broadway shows here in the DMV. Mm-hmm. So I think they did it at the National Theater mm-hmm. um, and they also do it at the Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So they did um, they did um, Dear Evan Hansen here at the National Theater and they did uh, Beetlejuice, which is on Broadway now. Oh. Um, is, I was like, girl, I wish I would have been able to see it. But then, you know, of course, things change when they get to Broadway. But, Beetlejuice, girl, Beetlejuice. you need that. to see all those things. But yes, I was I so happy. be in them shits. Trust, listen, I am a theater head. I still want to be in this. I was a principal lead dancer for uh, Wendy. I mean, for uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, bitch. Oh. So I had my own dressing room, girl. I was over there on that stage twirling and t- being gay gay oh. and things like that when I was in high school. But, you know, my days of theater are right there, but I'll have them again. But we were so communal in my high school. Child, I was, but I was getting them leads on you. <laughs> but 
I want to shout out that Roman Weller, Tim Banks, is doing his damn thing. Shout outs to you, honey. And continue slaying as our dear Evan Hansen or our Evan Hansen and the musical Dear Evan Hansen. So we are going to get into our hot topics of today. We have a great show for you all today. We have a lot of conversation about visibility, about us being overlooked. Are we overlooked and things of that nature? But of course, we have to get into our hot topics of the week. So the first one, I've seen this all over my Twitter and all over my Instagram, and it's caused a lot of conversation. But it is about the LBGT history um, course being taught in Illinois public schools. Um, if you have not seen that, you need to look it up and things of that nature. Think about the do Maryland, too. Right. But our question for our listeners and for us right here is, is this needed? And if so, what do you think is required for our history? Let's get into that. I did get confirmation. It is um, there looking to the Maryland State Department of Education does want to start teaching LGBTQ and disability rights history as well. Okay. So um, I obviously am always going to support this and I supported it when I saw it. Um, I I think what is happening at the very core is people are being triggered by the acronym um, and people are always going to attack the acronym because it just means something they're not used to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so... The headlines have been... I don't even think the headlines have been deceiving. I think people have been drawing what they want to from the headlines. Right. So they're hearing LGBTQ history required in schools. And they're like, oh, there's going to be a class? We're going to force kids to sit and look at information about LGBTQ people? Mm -hmm. And it's just such a... It's in the grand scheme, like, it's really small. Right. Just literally incorporating it in history. Yeah. Because that's what you do when things have happened. You talk about it. I mean, you know how long it took for us to have our, you know, our space. I do. And And that's the thing that keeps fucking me up. Black history was a, nobody wanted to to hear that shit. And obviously, we're not learning about black history the way we should. The reason I know that is because I, like, minored in it in college. Yeah. I I was missing one class. (laughs) Um, But I got an extensive amount of black history um, information when I was in undergraduate. Stuff that I never had access to in high school. So I get what people are saying when they say that. But for you to want to restrict LGBTQ history for the sole fact that we haven't gotten what we deserve as black people is completely ridiculous to me because I'm a gay black person. Mm -hmm. It's really, really interesting. And I don't want to focus too much on how black people are approaching this topic, but the arguments being made against the inclusion of things that actually happened in this country... Is strange. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. I'm also thinking about will we be integrated in that conversation I'm, of tell me about that the LBGTQ plus history. I've just been, you know, because just like with the just like with regular history, mm. we're silenced in it. Our our history is not, you know, you mean us black black ones. people. Okay, thank you for correcting me. Um, black people, we're really not in the history, the inventions. We have to find it on our own or look, you know, look for it. And we're all for ourselves. up and through and We're all up and through them. We have significant things that we've contributed to this society, this world, this country, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So it's the same conversation with um, the LBGTQ plus, you know, history. Are we going to have Bayard Rustin in the conversation, which is something that we really need because he, you know, I'm going to talk about that more, but basically he was a part, he contributed to the Million Man, I mean, the, uh, the March... Uh, what was, I forgot the name of it. Wow, the march um, on Washington. On Washington. Wow, I was about to say on Salem. I got you. I, got you. <laughs> I was like, what? So, there's yeah. his whole story is really interesting, and it's so funny that you bring up the arresting um, because I, I was uh, filming yesterday, and there was like this period where I wasn't on camera, so yeah. I just was like, I'm gonna go take a walk. I'm walking, and I'm like on Snapchat, and this man is in his truck, and he's like, hey, hey, excuse me, and I was like, Ooh, yes, sir, cat caller. 
He was like, I, let me ask you a question. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, LGBTQ classes being required in the schools? I said, well, first of all, they're not classes. No one ever said that they were full courses. Yeah. Pretty sure that they're just going to like integrate LGBTQ history and facts into the history classes mm-hmm. where they're relevant. So like that Stonewall people, and all that because right. they're important. And I said, so people know about someone like Bayard Rustin yeah. and how um, how much of a key figure he was in the civil rights movement. Exactly. And he was like, oh yeah, because he was like running Martin Luther King Jr. for a while, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I said, yes, exactly. And people would then know that, right? Because yeah. you don't learn that in high school. And he stopped for a minute and he looked up and was like, oh yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, thank you. It's like, you're welcome. I, I know he wanted me to be like, oh man, fuck that shit, da da da. But people don't actually, I don't think people are actively aware of how much their homophobia limits their knowledge of who we are as a people, as mm-hmm. black people. Yeah. That not acknowledging LGBTQ people in our community shuts us off from knowledge of our own people. That is true. That is, that is definitely true. And I've always agreed to that. I was like, instead of us, you know, trying to isolate, you know, the, the gay in us or the, the our community, we need to be able to come together and we can have a well-versed knowledge of who we are and things of that nature that we all can, like, you know, get along. Because I, I always talk about horizontal oppression. I always talk about how we oppress each other horizontally because we can't oppress people that are above us. So sometimes, we, I mean, most likely we oppress people below us, but for the most part, we divide ourselves um, thinner so that we can oppress people. So I always hate that. And I'm just like, girl, why are we being oppressed? But um, I, yeah, I do. I, I just, I think I just had, I just had an issue with people's responses. Yeah, tell me about those history. So a lot of people um, have basically are confused about this is going to basically make kids gay. Um, having these conversations about, you know, the LGBTQ plus history, how, like, what rights we fall for, the, you know, what was limited to us, gay marriage and things of that nature. And people are really frightened that having these conversations will awaken yes. their child's That's, paroles yes. of gay. But I was like, girl, that didn't happen to me when I was just, when I was talking about straight people. No, that's <laughs> it took me a minute, but I had finally figured that shit out. I was like, yes. oh, they're free. That if their children see that this is an option, yeah. that they'll do that. Yeah. And I was like, but the case is never that seeing it will make you any way. That has been debunked. Yeah, because there are gay people in a straight world. We have all raised, we were raised to, to be honest, a lot of us are raised to, in this heteronormative mindset. To both hate gay people, which is why we hate our fucking selves, and to think that that shit is wrong. In the black community specifically. So you saying that we being raised, you being around um, black, I mean, you being around gay LBGT history or gay people which um, will make your child gay or things of that nature, that has already been debunked because I'm not gay and I've been around straight people or this straight whole life. high ed- ideology. So when people say that, it really irritates me and it's like a cop-out to a their cop-out. understanding of why they don't want to accept us. People don't want to have to, I think a lot of people with children don't want to find out that their children are gay, their, cho- their children see that it is okay and so, or that there are people who have decided it's okay mm-hmm. and then they would have to confront their feelings about homophobia in someone that they, that they love. Right. I think people really want to make their lives easier and, and a complicated issue. The fact is that you're going to know someone who is gay. And it's just really easy for people to look at someone like us that they don't have a relationship with or only have a friendship with and yes. say, you know, I don't agree with homosexuality, but he cool. He just going to go to hell by himself. Right. But when it's their own offspring, I think it becomes a different story. So people want to, people say things like, my child's not going to be gay because number one, they feel personally responsible for it. And then number two, they're like, I don't want to have to deal with shunning my child. Exactly. I don't want to have to prove how much of an asshole I am <laughs> because of some false ideology. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to really be okay, um, I think, with 
with this whole topic because yeah. I think early on in, in my coming out, I still would have probably been like, yeah, no, we shouldn't be teaching this in schools because the way I was taught is this is not something that you engage and it's definitely not something that children engage. Right. I think with more clarity, the older I've gotten, the more clarity I've gotten and I understand that like who I am is not wrong. Yeah. And who I love is not wrong. Yeah. And homophobia is not some inherent thing that God has passed down to us. It is something that someone very strategically said is not okay. Yeah. And we've shaped entire cultures around that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not willing to believe that that's going to determine my fate post-mortem. Bitch, bye! Come on, get into it. So I was actually trying to find um, some of the quote, the tweets um, because Tariq Ali, one of the you know well-known gay see. YouTubers, he did an actual video on the responses to the LBGT, you know, history being taught in our high schools. I mean, in our live in our high schools, I'm sorry, in our public lo- schools. Illinois public schools. But I can't really find, you know, some of the the fucking he is so beautiful. responses he is because he lives in his he's authentically being himself. I also just meant physically beautiful. Yeah, no, I'm talking about like he's like with the with the hidden with makeup and then his hair, like it oh, creates yes. the, it creates the ambiance of like him be living in his like his oh, yes. and his nails and things like that. But I can't oh, find he gets the nails done. Yes, girl, he gets his nail done, glitter and all that. Euphoria <laughs> giving tease. Give me the give me the gay. So I was trying to find some of the people's clapback tweets, but I can't find them. But did you see some of the lesbians on there too? There are a couple of um, butch lesbians who were on my timeline talking about how it wasn't okay, too. I truly think that it's a fear. Because um, I, I was saying this on Twitter um, a while ago, a couple of days ago. I think some people are afraid that if they don't approach this topic with some sort of hesitance or resistance, that the people who already have a little bit of tolerance for them will, like, shun them. I think yeah. they're afraid of losing what little bit of space they have with people who, quote-unquote, tolerate them. Come on. I think that's a defense. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I, well, people already do, like, are, you know, trying really hard to have patience for me. I don't want to have to lose them because of this. Like, I don't want them to push me away because we're trying to make strides. It's sort of like um, how people, how tokens get into a space. And when black people start being black in those spaces, it's like, oh, no, like, I, I'm already here. I don't want you ruining my spot exactly. here. Exactly. It's really strange. No, it is. So the article is saying, um, an inclusive history will affirm the LBGTQ plus students um, that people just like them existed and made significant contributions to society. This inclusive history will also benefit non-LBGTQ plus students who will be taught the whole history, their story about the achievements of LBGTQ plus people and the historical events that impacted all for us. The whole story. <laughs> no, because people think we're implanting shit or that we're telling them things they don't need to know. You're not getting a full scope story. It's the same way we told white male history forever and we had yes. to take steps to teach women's history you think men weren't upset that we were going to start talking about women in that capacity yeah. and then we had to do it for black people you think white people weren't upset that we were talking about black people in that capacity the same thing for asians and latinos different people You're, these stories need to be told stop telling the narrative that the lgbtq community is any different than any other oppressed community we have to start telling the stories of people who have been neglected ignored and pushed to the margins you will not i I'm, and i mean this shit I will not tolerate that shit going yeah. forward. It is we're in a a point of evolution. We are socially evolving, mm-hmm. and you will not get away with doing the shit that you did in the early two thousands, neglecting the stories of people who have shaped and changed our culture. Mm. You will not get away with silencing people who have put their hearts on the line, who have stood at the front lines of things like Stonewall of the civil rights community, and put mm-hmm. themselves in fucking danger for you. You will not get away with shutting those people up 2019 and forward. I'm not going to let you do it. 
Come on, bro. We just got real. We got it. Come on. This shit has been pissing. No, I get it. Off. I'm the same way. I, I, I get. I just get irritated on why the fuck do y'all have a choice of what history is being told? Like, it's there's so many like blurs and uh, and fucking missing understandings of how certain things have been contributed to our world and impacted. And we live in a society where people are thinking that oh, white people have contributed the most. Yes, that's not the case. That's no, not the truth. It's literally not. You know, it's usually the oppressed. That are the ones that are making these strides for everyone to be assisted and equal and things of that nature. Right. And when you keep giving it to the people that have this privilege and power that have not even fucking considered or thought about us, mm-hmm. then it's like, you really think these people are, were the ones that was fighting for change? Why would they fight for change when they didn't need to change anything because they were comfortable? That's right. So I just don't understand why we have this issue with the black, you know, with black history, with LBGTQ plus history, with anybody in that region. And it just is baffling me. So I'm fucking proud that we have an LBGTQ plus history included. I never saw an issue with it. You were never going to successfully convince me that it is wrong to when teach I, people who have existed. Because yes. when I found, when I, when I learned about Bayard Rustin, I was like, oh, bitch, we need to include him. Because he was very impactful. Who, people are probably assuming that Martin Luther King was the one that, you know, created the, the March on Washington. He was the most he, palatable. He was so the most palatable. Was told. Right. And we're going to actually get into that whole history of Bayard because I want to dive into that man. I'm excited. We're going to dive into that because this this whole theme about this show is being overlooked. I have so many things to say about and We're going to do that. So we're going to go into our next one. Our next. Oh, we're done with the LGBTQ history in schools? We're going to come back. Okay. <laughs> we're going to come back because we still have time. So we're going to go into the, our hot, because that's the main topic, oh, you yeah. know, but that was like the, the little seasoning, but we're going to get into the meat. So we're going to get into this comment that um, Sam, Sam Smith made um, <laughs> that people have been raising, raging up a storm about, um, and it's about Sam Smith making this vivacious um, woman comment um, that has sparked a whole debate that is um, basically, he said that in the making of his uh, new single, Why Do You Sleep? What is it? I don't even. So it's so funny. The name of the song just always black, like blows. Like, um, how do you sleep? Whatever it's called, by Sam Smith. Sam Smith was also getting his life, by the way, in that fucking thankfully. Video. And I was actually appreciate that he had that little cute two step in that bitch and that little jug girl. But he basically said that he felt like a vivacious woman in the the making and the behind the scenes of the video. He was feeling real sis. He was feeling real girl. He was feeling all types of. And people are feeling some type of way because, you know, he said vivacious. So people immediately... Oh, I, I'm Googling the definition of that. So Come on. Go ahead. I'm going to get So the... basically, people had an issue with him saying vivacious, which was referring to him. They Everybody assumed that he was saying black woman. So before we we move on, I want to say, or to before we get into mm-hmm. it, the connotation or... Uh, no, the denotation of vivacious, the actual definition of it is, and it says in parentheses, especially of a woman, mm-hmm. attractively, lively, and animated. Her vivacious and elegant mother is the sentence they used and synonyms are lively, animated, full of life, spirited, high spirited, and effervescent. Okay? So basically those are what they give black people, black women. The connotation examples in Urban Dictionary. Hot, sexy, astoundingly cool. Sexy, hot, astoundingly cool. None of those say black women. Yeah. Now I understand that the word vivacious is used to describe black women yeah, often. Thick, but that, yeah. what has happened here with Sam Smith in this particular instance is it's a reach. It's not that deep. It's a reach. Girl, it's we call reach. that a reach. We call that a reach. And I, I get call it. it a reach too. I get where it comes from. Yes. Gay men notoriously, quote unquote, tap into black womanhood and specifically ur- like urban or country, like what would otherwise be deemed as ghetto black womanhood when they're trying to create these personas. But it doesn't look like that's what he's doing right now. Right. If he turns around and starts neck twirling and tongue clicking and finger snapping and using like <laughs> AAVE, 
then we have a different story. Mm. But what I am hearing and seeing from him is someone really unleashing who he is at the core and living his truth. Mm -hmm. And I don't appreciate a narrative being put on him in a way that seems completely undeserving. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's what he was doing, and I'm not going to support people yeah. saying that. Also, also, we also have to understand, first of all, I don't agree with the, the, the extremities of people saying that him saying he's vivacious, he's a black woman. We also have to understand that he's from another country. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, have, in their country, they may say different type of things that represent, you know, certain things. Is he from England? Yeah. Because, you know, they still are the birth birthplace of racism. Yes. So, you know, they say shit and don't even fucking care. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, we also have to take in consideration that this man is from another country. We also have to understand that um, the word can mean numerous things. We don't have to jump to conclusion. I'm calling this a reach. Vivacious, honey. Like, I, I, he didn't say, like, voluptuous. Yeah. He didn't say, He didn't like, say I was, like, feeling sassy or... or ratchet. Now, sassy would have taken... Now, that would have been the one that... Hey, if he would have said ratchet... If he would have said, I'm feeling real ghetto, if he would have said, I'm feeling real banshee. Man, y'all <laughs> need to chill out. I, then you know what? I'm not the one to be like, oh, gaslighting or to be like, y'all are just mad all the time. But you know what? Yes. Let it go. There's so many other things Let it for go. us to be angry about today. Let it and go. Sam Smith is just not one it's of not them. It's not worth it. So... <laughs> My verdict is, let that shit go. Absolutely. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Leave that man alone. Leave and, him. Or that person alone and let him enjoy himself. Yes. What are his pronouns? Mm, Do you know? Have I they changed at all? I know he's binary. His, I don't think his pronouns have changed. Okay. I just I just call Sam. I try to call Sam. It's just working that she was moving, body. Bitch. Girl so, giving us two, they're giving us a light breeze. Y'all can go a to light, hell. Boom. boom. Y'all can go to hell. That is the new <laughs> game, gay anthem, bitch. How do I sleep? But... <laughs> Oh, you know I haven't listened to the song. I literally just saw him. Curse, you just talking all this shit. I'm not defending. <laughs> I'm just saying I I will listen to it. I will listen to it today. Yes. But I'm just defending the fact that I watched the video right. of him dancing and I and I saw him say it and it just don't. Mm -hmm. Got you. <laughs> so we're gonna give two honorary mentions to what's going on in our in social media. And my first one is I'm living for Nicki Minaj on her social media platform, just using, just bitch, just abusing the privilege because she just found out. <laughs> That's a good word. She's <laughs> just found out how to use live. So now she's trying she to. She has been she a did. She has she, um, she's a user, She's using their platform of Queen Radio to call up everybody, including Joe Budden, calling out everybody in a fucking, you know, what's the name still bringing up motorsport. So I give her honorable mention. She's Who's still talking about motorsport. She's bringing up, I mean, so I guess Joe Budden and them, she still has an issue about, you know, motorsport. I appreciate her laying his ass out. Yes. I did appreciate that. Creamed his ass. Boom. And then I just want the next one, sis, I just want to give it up for Normani with this new album. I love This new single. Girl, I'm calling the album, bitch. Can I tell you something? Motivation is the album, bitch. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Give it to me, sis. We are at the we have the key right now. Somebody tweeted. So there's this image of her in that video with raindrops falling on her face. Yes. And someone tweeted, um, about bottoms in a bukkake. Ooh. So can I just say Rated R. I, I had been saying that word. Mm hmm Um, but I had been bukkake? saying it. Yeah, bukkake. Okay. It's it I didn't know what the definition was. And it sounded to me, I gave it my own connotation. <laughs> I, it sounded to me like a, a replacement for, you know, like bullshit or like ridiculous <laughs> happening. Cool child. Nope. Nigga nonsense. Nope. No nigga nonsense that way. So I would be like, oh, he was talking all that bullshit and a whole bunch of bukkake. <laughs> and when I Google in and searched it because someone on set told me what it was, I said, oh my God, how many people have I said this to? You said it to a lot of people. I'm so sick. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just appreciate how she just had a lot of home, um, a lot of like um, odes to the early '90s, you know, vibe. I appreciated that. I'm not gonna judge her for that because I know a lot of people were like she was copying off of Beyonce. Can we but... stop saying that she? I honestly have an issue. Okay, I'm going into this right now. No, go ahead. Can it. we please stop saying that this young lady is copying off Beyonce? This pe- people are putting the pressure or immediately connecting her to Beyonce because that is her idol. Because she was in a girl group. Because she she's was a black girl who was in a girl group, and because yes. she says that she like idolizes Beyonce. Just like Beyonce. We all do. <laughs> right. I, just like Beyonce idolized Tina Turner. Certainly. Just like oh. fucking, um, uh, Lady Gaga idolized uh, Madonna. You know, like Nicki Minaj idolized, you know, uh, Little Kim. Come like, on, Come I on. I am just tired of people putting this in the window or things of that nature. She can like this woman she sure and be okay. I she- think... She will never be who Beyonce and is. And she's never said she wanted to be her. She will be her own height. Yes. And I'm not and I'm not even saying she will never be as big as Beyonce. Right. I'm saying she won't be Beyonce. Right. She will be Normani. Yes. At however height she needs to be. Right. We just I just we just need to support her. I think so too. We just need to give her our she's a black a brown skinned girl that is brown doing the damn thing. Girl. And I appreciate her. Everybody she got everybody was supporting her through social she media. She put in that fucking work. You saw them visuals. That yes. body was going around. I'm not mad at her. Bitch thick. I thought about Serena Williams for some reason. That body was thick. It was thick. Um so let's please stop putting this get, let's, let's stop this Normani Normani Beyonce hate train. We need to stop. Give the girl her kudos. She worked hard for where she's at right now. She's still persevering through all this adversity. So let's just give that girl her honorable mentions. So Better than Camilla. First of all, she was, I don't know why people kept saying she was the lead. No, Camilla. Camilla was, she was a little girl. Normani would consistently get on that stage and show out. So, so Normani was a dancer. That's the mm. thing. What's the name? Camilla had a strong voice because it was unique, but they put her also in the front, so that's she the problem. A strong too. pop voice. I yeah, suppose. she had a very strong pop voice. But when, I mean, can you stop calling it strong? It was because when I say, okay, so when I say strong power voice, it's catchy. Like poignant? It's mainstream. Mm, it's yeah. very mainstream. It's something that you you could hear. Like, any if you give um, Camilla a song, anybody else you could hear, like, re- like uh, a Britney Spears a Britney vocal. Spears. You know, Ariana Grande can sing oh, it, yeah. probably. Uh, um, you know, Halsey, some of them pop girls, they can sing it. But Normani, I'm sorry, but no. So, stop hating. So we're going to go into the Keep It Real segment. I'm, we have some good hot topics. I appreciate that. And we um, actually have a listener. We have um, one of our listeners wrote into us, and he actually said we could use his name, which I really, really, um, I really fucks with. So um, the conversation overall of our Keeping It Real is are we overlooked? And when I say are we overlooked, that can be a, a wide stream of black men, black gay men, men in general, things of that nature. So um, I have a listener letter from uh, my friend Kyle. Um, he wrote in, why do... Why do gay influencers continue to profit off of mocking a ghetto black woman? Like, when is America really going to get tired of the fake ratchet behavior? Think of Pretty V and Red, uh, Landon Romello. This shit makes me sick to my stomach. Okay. The girls are not going to let it go. That is not. That is true. So, I'll, I have to say, in regards to the Pretty V and Landon Romello thing. I hate that shit. Landon had been making videos before Pretty V. Is that true? Yes. He had been making videos before on Vine. Mm. So I don't like the comparison of him and Pretty V. They said he was taking her material though, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember her at all being fine, doing well known during Vine. So but they said that in his yeah. recent videos, his recent okay, so his, his recent videos to her, his recent videos. That's what the people say. Okay, making sure. So uh, the uh, so in regards to this Pretty V and Landon thing, I, I don't really think that he's um, he she took it. He took it from her, but I do understand how it is kind of. Flowing over now. He absolutely it's flowing he over is now. Absolutely trying to embody a black woman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so we that's know that. the difference between him and Sam Smith. Yeah. I can literally see him. The boy landed. I don't know. I don't even see it. 
I don't even see him. Yeah. Let alone see it for him. I don't know the girl. Yeah. Um, but the the times that I have seen the little videos come across, it does. They make me uncomfortable. It makes you. They it, make me uncomfortable. Yeah. So am I okay? So let's. So I want. What's your opinion? Because I, I mean, my opinion is I do understand that with the whole pretty V and Landon thing. I just know he's came out before her, but I don't like the word overlooked here. Yeah. Um, I, do I think that we are willfully ignored? Yes, I mm-hmm. do. I think that I don't. The reason I don't think I don't want to say overlooked is because mainstream is. Just, genuinely and strategically taking things that we have created, things that belong to us um, mm-hmm. artistically and agency-wise, and making it, quote-unquote, palatable for them mm-hmm. and putting it in packages that look like them. And that isn't being overlooked because overlooked means your contributions are ignored. These things are being stolen from us. Yep. These things are being co-opted things are, are being rebranded into something that is less than <laughs> come on it is literally being made into something that is mediocre mm-hmm. for the sake of appeasing to white audiences mm-hmm. and um yeah it's true that's yeah. absolutely happening it's all I, I you know what i'm gonna have hope and say it won't always happen but mm-hmm. For the near future, I can see it continuing to happen. So on Twitter, um, there was one of Sokpatu Mana. Sokpatu Mana. Sokpatu Mana. And it was about having gay friends. And it says, um, gay niggas are a whole different type of funny. <laughs> Y'all that. too busy being homophobic and uncomfortable with your sexuality to even understand that. Yeah, really. And I was like, yes, we are funny. But we also use that as a defense mechanism. mechanism. A coping and defense mechanism. Like when we are in, you know, in spaces. But I... We are overlooked, period. I think that we're... Uh, as what? As who? who when you say we who... Because I was saying black people in general, but now I'm, I'm curious because mm-hmm. it sounds like you're talking about gay black men. Yeah, so I'm, me talking about gay black men, I think they were overlooked because I didn't... I don't think they were as marketable to the the mainstream. So, Which is weird to me because... Um, nowadays, we're, we're becoming... We are oh, becoming, okay. you know, that, that, that it girl. But before then, it wasn't as it wasn't acceptable to be able to live in our absolutely truth. not. I didn't. The first yeah. I told you, the first gay man I had ever seen in my life had um, HIV, and that was the first thing I knew about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we also um, going into this gay influencer thing. I have seen a rise in a lot of the influencers taking on these personas of black women. For example, Candy, the uh, rap, the bisexual rapper. Um, his his persona is Candy, the the, the bisexual like rapper, and she's and she you know wears the long nails, weave things of that nature. Also, I think about and I don't even know if he's gay as an influencer, but uh, blame it on Quay. Oh, uh, blame it on Quay. Yeah, I don't know if he's gay, but that that whole you know bringing up that. Why are you bringing that up? Bringing up what? Uh, <laughs> I just have so many conflict conflicting feelings about it. Girl, let's talk. I, this is this is what we're here for. We we agree are agreeing. We're disagreeing. I just I do feel like, huh? No, go ahead. I, was, I just I just feel like this, they're they're marketing. They're they're taking on this persona of these black ratchet women. Yeah, and I don't it's being like that shit. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like we're blaming on Quay. Like he's he's being very marketable for being a black ratchet woman. I mean that's and that that's going even back. That's going that's even going back all the way to not even black. I mean, gay influencers to comedians. Yeah, see, that's exactly. It reminds me of <laughs> of black straight black men putting on 
you know, these these caricatures of black women Medea, and making Big Mama. And, and now, granted, I will say something that both Medea, no, something that Medea did, and because I, I feel like we have given a lot Tyler Perry a lot of flack about this. I myself have historically given Tyler Perry a lot of flack about Medea, but some of the more positive traits were accentuated in his shows as well about was, black women. Yeah, because there's a lot of stereotypes in that in those shows. There's a lot, and that that's the problem. But Medea was also very loving. She really defended her family. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt protected by yeah. her, even if she was being mean to them. Yep. And those are positive aspects, I think, about Black womanhood that should be spread, that should continue to be spread. I think the main issue is our inability to see them as humans. Mm-hmm. So what makes somebody a caricature is your inability to see them as full and complex human beings. Yeah. I believe that was me. It was always me. Um, I mean, so... How do you even feel about black women taking on that character? character? Right. So I can't really police how a black woman does it if it's by her own agency. Mm-hmm. Now, if a black man, if a if a man, or a white man, or a white woman writes a character and casts a black woman as it, right, mm-hmm. and the black woman is doing exactly what is written, that is something totally different than a black woman creating something at her own agency with her own objectives and and desire. A black lady sketch show, right. And, mm-hmm. and that sort of having any bit of car- or caricature or stereotype in it, because I can't tell you, I can't say what her devices are, right. I can't say what her intentions are. Right. But it's we important, right, right. Yeah. And I would give her an opportunity, even if it made me feel uncomfortable, to explain what it was behind it. Now, if she explains yeah. it, and we find out it's the same shit that fueled all the problematic ones. Then we can hold her accountable mm-hmm. for that because she's affecting people who are like her, who yeah. have the same identity as her. But you're more likely to find those issues in people who are not. Yeah, that is true. I also don't know that many gay influencers that are marketing off the um, like ratchet black. Woman. I think Quay is one of them. Yeah, but, I, but I, in regards to, I don't know if the man is gay, and I'm not like about to put that on his like. <laughs> oh, we don't have a confirmation. We don't have a confirmation, so I, I'm not going to put that man in the spectrum if he's if he, that's not what he identifies as. Obviously. Now, people have had their assumptions, which I can understand and fully support. But <laughs> if this man is not saying that, if he has not openly came out, then that boom. Um, but yeah, I don't know that many. I mean, the only prime example I can think of is Landon Romella or, or Landon uh, Romana, whatever his last name is, and Pretty V. A lot of the black male people, comedians online right now, are putting wigs on and yeah, embodying black women. And yeah, that's because that because the question, Kyle. Like, I mean, I don't think it's just specific gay influencers. I think it's just people in general. Yes, people have been marketing. doing that shit for so, a long time. With gay influencers marketing off of it, I mean. I mean, I guess, I mean, people do say gay is, um, gay men do are an exaggeration. Their mannerisms are an exaggeration of black women. I want them to stop saying that because if they're black gay men, it's just an exaggeration of a woman. Yeah. The women that we have mostly seen in our lives are black. And yeah. that's not intentional. It's literally what we see as womanhood. Yeah. And beyond womanhood. I've said that before, too, that our expression of femininity is typically larger than an actual black woman's. Mm-hmm. So it's not even a caricature. It's just black gay femininity yep. <laughs> that's what it is mm-hmm. um so yeah that is i mean that's our thoughts on that hope we helped you hope we gave us i'll give you our insight thank you for actually writing in anybody else please write in we love it um and then i want to go into this the second topic to actually more to flesh out the um conversation of bayard rustin and i did um because um he kyle actually asked this question too about the overlooked story of Bayard Weston and how can we bring his story to the public and hmm. to the LBGTQ plus Thanks community. 
So I do want to shout out um, Kyle for bringing both of these um, conversations shout to us. Shout out to you, Kyle. Um, and he's actually working on his uh, master's right now in uh, higher ed. Woo-hoo. So come on, Kyle. We love an educated man. Yes, an educated man. Get my number, Kyle. <laughs> so um, for uh, those who do not know, we're going just um, Bayard Ruster is an American leader and was an American leader in the social uh, movements for civil rights, um, socialism, nonviolence, and gay rights. And he was also gay too. He was also anti-war and he was anti-war honey and he actually you know we said in the beginning he actually was a, a, a huge huge contributor contributor <laughs> to the march on washington and a lot of men um a lot of people uh, may not even know this man's history and how influential he was yep. to our um to our history and my conversation and my comment to you as you know, now we know his story. We both know his story. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had to look for it because mm-hmm. it wasn't being taught to us. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like he was silenced or pushed to the back um, of the human, I mean, the civil rights movement or not even mentioned in the civil rights movement because of his sexuality? From what I can tell, there have been a number of experiences in his life where that was the case. Mm-hmm. So both pre and post um, civil rights movement, people saw him as a liability mm-hmm. because of his sexuality and willfully chose to put him in the background, um, still requiring the work from him while also completely ignoring who he was because of um, his sexuality, um, which is completely disturbing because it reinforces the idea that we as gay Black people and as queer Black people are only good for what we can offer. Mm-hmm. And never are unconditionally lovable based on who we show up as. Yeah, it's what we can give. What we can give, like you that. said, <clears throat> we can give them and not who we are. Like we like all your ideas, we just don't like you. Mm. Okay. Oh God. So let's just let's just let's just take your brain. Let's just take that out. I need you to write all these information down. I need you to write all these action steps. I need you to write all these these plans of action and all that. And then you scurry your ass on along. You know what's the craziest thing about that? When you push a person down so low, they really start to think that the love anyone can have for them is based on what they offer. So they tend to work harder. Mm -hmm. And so we really do produce some of the most amazing work and some of the most revolutionary work based on our desire to be accepted. And then we still don't get that shit. Mm -hmm. Like fucking slaves to people who oppress us. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That just hurt my heart. Poor bear. No, because you know, he was, he was anti-war. So, um, he got an alternative serving. So he was able to, um, cause they were drafting and because it was, he was morally against it. Um, they allowed him to serve alternatively, so in some other capacity rather than to go to war and fucking engage in that savage ass act. Because <laughs> yeah, I hated that we had we literally had to automatically be drafted. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I never, I've never supported that. Since I, I was just kid, like, I God never, damn! I knew I didn't want to. Do and that it just went to like us being physically strong. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all it went to. Um, <laughs> and he took a lot of those values with him. Um, he has worked with SNCC, SNCC. He's worked with CORE. Yeah, he's really some of the most powerful like and um, organizations during the civil rights movement. And it sounds, from what I can tell, he contributed greatly to them, really shaping some of their ideals and how they moved and really pushing the fact that we had to do more than protest, right? Mm-hmm. That we had to actually do something and, and, and work in policy in order to change the way that we were being mm-hmm. um, policed and um, the way that people were interacting with us socially. Mm-hmm. And to find all these things that he contributed to the movement and still find that people were unable to 
accept who he was mm-hmm. and embrace who he was as a gay black man, it was disheartening. Yeah, I actually want to read this little insert from his um this his um I think this is a website. Um, mm-hmm. but it says Rustin's biography is particularly important for lesbian and gay Americans, highlighting the major contributions of a gay man to ending official segregation in America. <laughs> Rustin stands as the confluence of the great struggles for civil, legal, and human rights by African Americans and lesbian and gay Americans. In a nation still torn by racial hatred and violence, bigotry against homosexuals and extraordinary divides between rich and poor, his eloquent voice is still needed. You know what I loved most about him, too? Mm-hmm. He had been out since he was young. Young. And I was just, I was just so, when I found out about his history, and I found out about his history in college, um, but I didn't dive, as I didn't dive, dive deep until, like, we, we started to talk about this, but I was like, why, like, why, like, how was it for him to grow up? You know, how was it to be black and gay and out mm. during a time of the civil rights movement where mm. you are black and gay? Like, you already are struggling to be black, but then you're gay. And if you go into the gay community, you're not even accepted, you know, because it, it's predominantly, you know, white, white. you know, white and, you know, Stonewall and things of that. So, like, how was it to be ostracized in two communities that you didn't even choose to be a part of? It was just like and then you still were able to persevere. You're asking how was it then? Yeah, then like that because you know how that. Is. I mean, I know how it is. I know how it is now. But like when it was like you were afraid for your life, like you might die. It makes me think more easily. about how strong he was. Yes. Right, like this was a person who knew himself every mm-hmm. step of the way. And if he, even if he didn't know himself, he obviously did not allow whatever issues he was having identity wise to deter him from pushing toward. The liberation of our people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that makes me really proud um, because we really do fight so And I, I want to say this about people who experience multiple oppressions because I think trans women are a huge example. Black trans women are a huge mm-hmm. example of this. Working so hard for the liberation of everyone. Black Lives Matter. Do, putting, putting movements on your back and doing the majority of the grunt work, right? To ultimately liberate everyone and there are still people who are benefiting from your from your actions and from your hard work and from your blood sweat and tears Mm -hmm. who would look at you in your eye and tell you that you are not valuable or that you are of all things an abomination Mm -hmm. and that man like went through this Mm -hmm. and he and the good and the also not the good thing but the good thing is that he didn't die he died um, from, like, health issues. Yeah. It wasn't because of, like, you know, he didn't get assassinated. He didn't, you know, somebody didn't murder him. Praise the Lord. He died of a uh, perforated appendix in 87. He was partnered when he died, too. Yes, he did. He was partnered. Can we talk about that for Come a on, let's get into it. Was it, it was a white man. He, he seems to have mostly dated white, white men. Man. Now, I don't know if that's his fault. I mean, probably the black man probably closeted it. Did you know that they started rumors that him and Martin Luther King Jr. were together? Of course they did. I did I've I've know that. I've heard a lot of those conversations, and a lot of people are riding with the conversation of Martin Luther King was gay. I can't speak for the man, but if anything, I he was know. a philanderer. <laughs> they said he was up there digging in everybody, digging and picking in everybody, huh? All the women. When I first learned of his infidelities, I was like, yes. This, they ain't tell me that in high school. See if we was telling the whole the story. Hell we, the, the history, 
the history that goes back to our conversation history people was picking and choosing but also did we know that did we need to know about his infidelities um when we was in, in, in i just in personally like to know that people are whole like yeah i mean okay so i guess if children love to hear stories about heroes i guess right because i'm like girl do we need to know about his but his somebody could have told my ass post high school yeah. or shit when i was a senior what reason does a senior in high school need to have any idealization about a human being i think if anything we should be trying to shape leaders, and so they should know that leaders are imperfect. People, mm. people are going to be really, people are going to not take the opportunity to rise up and bring what they have to the table if they think that someone like the Martin Luther King we learned about in school yes. was perfect. True, but knowing that he was an imperfect human being and still like helped make these changes could bring and could emerge. About a lot of leaders. and it make it more like I do agree with the conversation of being well rounded. Yeah, because we do live in this society that when people um, of higher stature or role models makes a the bad decision or do something that is kind of like what the fuck, our ideas of them is like shattered. And I'm like, you have to understand, you're putting all this pressure, and this is like a little bit off, but like you're putting all this pressure on somebody to not to be perfect. I mean, yeah. to be perfect, yes. period. And that is a lot of pressure because we are imperfect and it's it's impossible it's impossible that it is who nobody can walk around and honestly say that i am the most perfect 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 person in the world our I'm greatest examples of of being um iconic or being super great and talented and smart or whatever those people are all imperfect and have mm-hmm. shown us at least yeah. five times per that they are imperfect also i think the most i think the people also idolize people that are perfect that if they have their little infidelities or their scandals or rumors don't come to the limelight. If, like, for example, with Beyonce, people, you know, have this whole ideology. Beyonce is on this platform because she doesn't entertain, nor does she, like, you know, die, like, put all of that shit. She hasn't successfully it. been perfect. She, no, and the thing about it is, like, she's, Beyonce's not perfect. The, but the elevator we all know that. We all know that, but, like, she also knows how to handle those kind of those things where she doesn't pay any in her, in her in no mind or mm-hmm. can you know brush up under the rug yeah. like with Barack Obama during his presidency. There were some things that was happening during his presidency True. that we all know, but the fact that it wasn't addressed—I mean, it wasn't like brought to the limelight or wasn't addressed to a significant matter—dictated um, that his power as president was the most prolific. I also think when the good outweighs the bad, people yes. are able to recognize. But that's that. the I under, I understand that ideology of perfect. Instead of like, this motherfucker just cannot just handle nothing. One of my favorite things is like, I know that we have video evidence of Beyonce messing up, and I still think yeah. she's the greatest. Me too, Ariana Grande. Right now, I know I'm going off, but Ariana, I just literally watched the. I'm sorry, I did just go off. No, but I did. I just watched the video of Ariana Grande's first tour of Sweetener. Um, was it? Is that the reason this this, this uh, tour is called Sweetener? I think it's still yes, Sweetener. and I've seen all the hiccups, but like the girl was just laughing through it. I was like, girl, that yeah, shows that you're that's human. What you do. I love it, girl. <laughs> I love it, but no, yeah. I mean, going back to Bayard Rustin, um, it, it. I, I want to see more of us, you know, in that a black um, gay. We're there, man. so yeah. you want to see our stories being told. I want to be seen. Yeah, I want to see more of us being told. That's what I'm saying. I know we're there. Fuck, of course. I mean, because when you look at someone, I think my first time understanding what great achievements we've made mm-hmm. and like progress and how we've helped um, our community. Yeah, James Baldwin. Yes. Also, um, I did, I, I, the reason I touched you was because of like the story of Stonewall. Um, it's Marsha usually, B. Johnson, right? Marsha B. Johnson, but it's usually not even told from that she, you know, was a, like a heavy influ- like he- heavily influential in that movement. It's usually white men that are heavily heavily influential in that movement, which is like, no, it's our girl Marsha. 
I think she actually threw that first motherfucking stone. Marsha P, honey. Right. So to go back to me, I wanted you to finish what you were saying, but you know that the over the that that conversation of us um, not even being mentioned. Because for example, the Stonewall movie was about was white a, man. It was a white man, and I was just like, Ooh. like, <laughs> what, what? Where's my girl at? Hey, have you ever seen that video of? <laughs> Um, I guess Ellen had the cast of Selma on her um, show. She was like, I totally would have marched with you guys. I'm just getting teary-eyed thinking about it. And I was just like, wow. Um, without doing the grunt work, a lot of people will really try to like attach themselves mm-hmm. to certain movements. Yep. It's very interesting. I mean, I had... To, so also, going back to just the LBGTQ+, like, our history and... The, and, and like political spaces. Every time I used in college, every time I would go to um, the LGBTQ conferences, it wasn't it wasn't like our black black wasn't in the conversation. Mm. You know the like for example, all of the trans lives that we had lost that were specifically black. Um, that wouldn't be the like theme of the the the, um, the um, com- convention. They would usually harp on I forgot the boy's name that passed away. Uh, he was the white the white boy. Um, that passed away back and Shepard, Matthew Shepard, Matthew Shepard. This was in 2016 and we're still having the, con- the the conversation, not saying that his conversation should be erased, but Matthew Shepard, um, you know, there was more people that we could talk about in the space of the LBGTQ community. Um, and I just was confused. Wait, what? Yes. Who is that? Matthew Shepard was a young man that died. Um, and what was it? 19, is it two? 1998. Yeah, 1998. Um, he, because he was gay, the, the, he got lured out to the woods, and he got beat to death. Um, so we're still we were still having that conversation with Matthew Shepard. But in 2016, this was when the Black Lives Matter movement was during hot. the Trevor Project time. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of would make me it would make me feel aware about our visibility in these spaces. First of all, I would be in these spaces, and we would not have no sessions on being black and get queer. Because that's a whole different conversation in itself. You know, we would have these conversations about like, oh, um, um, would, would, I, I mean, we'd have intersex conversations, but it, wasn't, it wouldn't be anything of like spaces where black people could like sit and talk about all of the things that we've endured. And I was like, wow, we are being erased from our own, like in our, in our own community. And I was just like, is this, do I even have a space? Like, are we even supposed like, I was just like, wow, we have a, we are talking about Matthew Shepard in 2016. Yeah, what the fuck? And we have these trans women that have trans kids, trans black, um, that have lost their lives and we haven't even acknowledged them, you know? I... <laughs> yes, yeah, Because we've just made so little progress, I think, um, in how we deal with, absorb, um, and support black trans women um and i think one of the things that frustrates me the most is so i love pose for being able to tell black trans stories told by trans women this episode was very cute the last one was very like i've seen it yet it was the, very like each one i didn't see yeah. it i just actually saw the one before that mm-hmm. just now um mm. I, I, one of the things that i'm really afraid of right now and i think it particularly matters most to um to trans women because gay men are being displayed everywhere. It's that idea that was explored in Pose that 
that when we hit the mainstream, it's something people can pick up and put down and mm-hmm. visit, but never stay. Yeah, I said we said that. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid that the progress we're making with the LGBTQ community and and the shine that the Black people are getting in that the people of color who share these identities. Um, I'm afraid that it's going to be temporary. It's going and, to be picked up and put down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think the people who will be most affected by that are are trans women because um, gay men have made progress significantly in the last 30 to 40 years. Every yeah. time there is a moment where people are acknowledging the gay community, gay men win and, and re-up, you know, we hit mm-hmm. a new level. These things are always, in the grand scheme of things, helpful and beneficial. Um, but... Because we're seeing ourselves more immediate. So people are going to get more used to us, right? Mm-hmm. We're still in the early phases of that for trans um, women, especially for black trans women. And, and I really need for us to to really, and I need collectively for us to make huge progress with them, with engaging their identities, seeing them as full human beings and really getting them to the social status that um, a lot of other identities are so that they can at least at the very least have the protections they need if they are poor um, and can't afford the sort of things that people who are um, middle class can mm-hmm. afford in terms of protections with like insurances and health, you know, healthcare and all that good shit. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that more people will feel inspired by this current renaissance we're in, both for black art and for LGBTQ identities mm-hmm. in art. And I really hope that we can revolutionize how we view and engage these LGBTQ identities of color. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 you said it perfectly. Um, I definitely agree with that. I actually just saw on um, Netflix, I watched Rocco's Modern Life um, from, you know, the show it. back in the day. Yeah. Girl, they made a movie, Static Shock, and um, one of the characters is uh, trans, one of the cartoon characters. And I was taken aback um, by, not that the character was in it, but like, was it necessary? Mm-hmm. Even in the cartoon, I was just like, ooh, is it, is it being thrown at us? You know, is it like genuinely like something that we need right now? And I don't know. I didn't know how I felt about um, the character. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was needed for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was just like, is it just because it's the way to include trans conversation in anything? I'm always worried about pander in that way. Yeah. Um, but from what I can tell and from the preview that I saw for Rocco's Modern Life, they seem really adamant about and it seems like they're bringing it back was really intentional. Yeah, and it so, seems like there's some purpose to try to create change. In that. So yeah, the movie is all about how um, it you know Rocco was stuck in the earth for like I mean stuck in the sky or what a space, space. for twenty something years, mm-hmm. and lands back on Earth and how everything has evolved from you know when he was when he was on Earth. So like his favorite TV show was no longer there. Yeah, and the character that um, created his show was is trans, and she had went on to find herself. And I guess it took her 20 years and she came back. He got her to come back to her family and family accepted her and things of that nature. But the show was about how everything changed from back then when he was on the earth to now, which is great. It makes sense. Um, But I just didn't, um, in regards to Rocco's Modern Life, I don't know if it was like needed because it was, is Rocco's Modern Life. I I would argue that it was strictly based on the fact that them coming back seems like it was an intentional, hey, let's try to... There was an agenda behind yeah. that, that show coming back yeah. and coming back in the way that yep. it did. Even in their clearly acknowledging that we're in a phase culturally where reboots are really like Thing. popular yeah. because people are looking to the past for answers to solve problems we don't have answers to mm-hmm. right now. We don't have solutions to right now. So it seemed like, and from what I could tell from, from the 
trailer is their idea was we're going to do the overdone reboot thing, but we're going to do it a lot more intentionally because mm-hmm. a lot of reboots have sort of just come back for this for the sake of for the sake of nostalgia. Nine oh two one oh sorry that's just off, but man, for the sake of nostalgia. Oh, this show I loved is back. It seems like Rocco Modern's life. It, the creators are very aware of that yeah. and are like, we're going we're gonna to actually do something mm-hmm. with this. We're gonna yeah, that was also interesting because we're going to go back to the conversation of Bayard, um, Rustin. But I was also interested in Nickelodeon was actually supposed to have the show, but they sold the rights to Netflix. Good. But just thinking about having that show on Netflix, I mean on Nickelodeon, I was like, hmm, did they sell the rights because of the they trans would character? They would never have done that. They right. Never have done but that. you know, Disney um, has a um, has a starting to incorporate surprisingly so those conversations of trans kids or just the LGBTQ plus you know history of visibility because you know Andy um, the show Andy um, we got the show Andy, Andy Mac Andy Mac the young lady um, is in the LGBTQ plus community. So and then. Um, I don't know. I keep I'm bringing up all this visibility now, but also um, in the show No Good Rick on Netflix, this the boy, the the son in the show is gay. So just think about that. But the Bayard Rustin, um, how do you how do you think we can bring his story to the public and to the LGBTQ community? You know, so as someone who really supports, loves the story of Bayard Rustin, I actually think that we need to use his story and. And what we've learned about his significance to tell other stories. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, we've, we've learned a lot about what we can learn about Beard Rustin. Yes. I was surprised at how much information is now available to him. And the fact that when I mentioned his name to the gentleman who stopped me on the side of the street, yeah. the fact that he knew who he was means that we've made some progress, right? Yeah. So we need to start div- digging Nixon actually made a deeper. statement about him, too. Yeah. See, we need to we need to dig deeper. We need to start yeah. telling the stories of people who haven't been heard because at least we know we have the capacity to learn about them. And we need a movie! If you need a movie, listen, girl. Because I don't. <laughs> what I don't want to do is do to um, Bayard what we've done to Martin Luther King. Mm. I want. What did What did we in regards to that? What do we do? I think we sanctified them. Um, we I think we sanctified Martin Luther King Jr. Right. instead of looking at him as a full, full human being. And the fact that we sanctified him made us think that he had done all the work. Mm-hmm. So if we do that to if we do that with Bayard Rustin or Bayard Rustin, we may not acknowledge other people who were like him or who, who he hung out with um, or people who might have had queer identities who helped shape him to be the person he is, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to put too much on one narrative. Um, what you really want to do is use each narrative to open the door for the next. Yes, that's true. Well, I think that I think that's a step. I mean, I think also having the conversation, um, having posts or content about him, mm-hmm. you know, included in like the LGBTQ plus history, that is definitely a sign. Um, having specials like we usually do on these things, including them in Black History Month, you know, mm-hmm. conversations like, for example, I would aggressively try to have like, you know, his 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 image or his, you know, if I'm presenting something included and in whatever we're doing because I don't want to be silenced because he created the March on Washington. He was a very influential. He was literally next to, you know, um, Martin Luther King through, uh, Jr. throughout the whole process. He probably even in front doing some of the stuff that wasn't even, his name is not even mentioned. Certainly. So I definitely um, need his contributions to be, you know, there. Because like you're saying, like, um, gay men are winning. At, at To be honest, we're being transparent. And if we, you know, put his conversation in there, it, it'll just, you know, be something of... I encourage everyone to YouTube videos about um, Rustin and to look up information about him on Google. And then I also encourage you to do the same with other movements. So with Stonewall, um, just sort of see and see how much research you can do about LGBTQ people of color in the last 
50 or 60 Boom. years and how we've contributed to the liberation of all people. Yes. And then once you're done that, go ahead and step into the disabilities category as well. Girl, you know they have a superhero coming out? I mean, well, so sidebar. <laughs> so, you know, Ironheart, the black girl, um, Iron Man, um, she has a superhero in her... Um, this is the black one? Comics, yes. Um, and it's a girl, she's a paraplegic. And she has, um, she has her, um, her crutches are used as a weapon. And I forgot the fucking name of her, but having her That's in the story, exciting. and she's, a, I believe she's a black girl. And then also, um, Marvel is considering, um, or pitching or shopping around for this idea of a trans, um, superhero too. I would love that. So, why haven't we done that yet? Right. You know, being they have gay characters, you know, because like bisexual Aqu- ones, Aqu- bisexual, but Aqu- Aqualad, Aqualad, and Teen Titans, bitch. I mean, uh, Justice League, uh, Young Justice girl. When I seen he was bisexual, I said, I saw him kissing up on that man. I said, oh, child. This is the gay shit that I give me some more of that gay shit. <laughs> Pour it on us. <laughs> but no, I really, I mean, I, I think the visibility. I think the you know some people being overlooked is, it's it's. It's. I don't think some people are overlooked. I think it's just it's not mentioned enough. You know. You know what I would like to say. Say um, it. Say it, girl. Say it for me, sis. People are always talking about the gay agenda. Yeah. And I think at the root and at the core of it, the gay agenda is about and really speaks to the Y'all child just everything and I all did. of us. Yeah. Right. Like my gay agenda is knowing that if there's someone who's anything like six year old Devin was. <laughs> That they can see that who they are is okay and that they don't even have to start on a path of self-degradation or self-hate. That they can grow up and see so many different possibilities for themselves and really learn to love themselves from the very beginning. The gay agenda is not about trying to transform your children or turn your children into anything. It's about making sure that everyone's child loves themselves and sees that there's love out there for them in the world so that they don't grow up isolating themselves, hating themselves, or trying to be someone that they're not for love. Stop teaching your children to be Search to search for conditional love because you're creating assholes and monsters. Girl, that's a sound clip so right there. That's that's the gay agenda. That's gonna be that is gonna be the Instagram promo right there. <laughs> that right there, you nailed it on the head. But no, I think that's that's a great way to end the conversation of our keeping it real, you know, topic. And first of all, I really appreciate um Kyle for Me giving too. us all of these conversations yes, to write into. He even said he don't want to be anonymous because why would you when you're Given us so much quality, shit, quality shit to talk about. So thank you for so much for that. Um, and I want to say that. Wow, what, are, what do I want to say right now? My head is quote. Huh? Oh, my 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 quote is I love this quote. It's so dope. Be so in love with who you are because if you don't love yourself, how the hell can some wait? If you don't love yourself. How the hell can anybody else love you? Or what Lizzo says, if you can love someone else, then you can love yourself. Oh, a capacity to love people. I said, ooh, Lizzo. The fact that she said, if you can love somebody else, then you can love yourself. That's right. That's all I have to say. That's a better way to say that, too. Yes. If you um, have any questions, if you want to write into the show, you can hit us up on Twitter (laughs) at ThatBlackBoyJoy. Mine is under construction, so I'm currently known as Free Negro. That's F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X. It is temporary. Girl, what are you talking about? (laughs) You changed your Twitter? I'm under construction on both 
spiritually, emotionally, and um, social medially. Why? <laughs> so I'm just... Uh, it's just temporary. Okay. I was like, what happened? <laughs> so if you want to engage with me right now, it's free Negro. Negro, but with the O as in, um, you know, it's a French thing. So I should take your name out of the... the... No, leave it, okay, there. Keep it there. I still own the rights to okay. <laughs> Derwin King. I have a page right, for Right. So what is the, a sidebar? Okay, I'm, I'm going to say this. Then if you want to write us on our Instagram or DM us, you can hit us up at That Black Boy Joy Podcast. Um, if you want to hit up us hit us up in our Gmail, if you have an anonymous question, things of like that, you can hit us up at That Black Boy Joy Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Now, for our own Twitter and Instagrams, which you just did unsolicitedly. Oh, I'm sorry. Which I hope that's a word, unsolicitedly. Nope, that's not a word, but I'm going to figure it out. I think it works. Okay, so mine is, like I tell everybody, it is underscore Lord Devery, which is underscore L-O-R-D-E-V-E-R-Y on Twitter and Instagram. And we just found out your fucking Twitter, but your Instagram is... Derwin King, D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G. Okay. Don't worry, I still own that shit. You do. And then what is the name on yours every time I see it? Ticonderoga Ponderosa. Ticonderoga because I love those pencils. Best pencil in the world. Did not know that was a pencil. That was Topanga. Mm-hmm. It's the deliciously bright <laughs> yellow one. You said Topanga. That's your name was Topanga Ponderosa. Ticonderoga Ponderosa. The Ponderosa part is a shout out to crazy ass Jackie Christie. She's literally not well. <laughs> but she always calls like powwows Ponderosas. What? Yeah, she, like, when you... she wants to say powwow, she says Ponderosa. Ponderosa is a place. Yeah, it is. Right? Okay. Like a state place. Cool. Now that I've got that off my, my brain. But. We are out here. Bye. What really make you happy? Weave when you feel happy. Or weave when you're happy. Or growing up and never had a daddy. Now you stun on your pappy. That's what you call black boy.